Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Hello there, it's Jamila Jamil. Are you by any chance listening to this podcast promo while out on a walk? If so, good for you. That's going to make both your mind and your body feel better. On my podcast, I Weigh, this month, we're going to be exploring mental health and talking to amazing guests about other things that you can do to make yourself feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Ask me! to start off today's episode by issuing an apology to my oh. Zoom recorder because I made it sound like you need to like feed it small animals and 30 batteries and the batteries ran out and it just takes two AA batteries. <laughs> yeah, but it takes two AA batteries frequently. Yeah, but considering how intricate this piece of equipment is the fact that two double a batteries like the same like that you need for like a game boy and is performing so many recording objects i just feel bad i like maligned it and <laughs> its requests were normal and uh it's just two double a batteries it was not a big deal to change it out <laughs> okay. turns out i overreact <laughs> i mean it would be nice if we could figure out how to plug it into a wall but the whole point of it i guess is to be portable i feel like in the next 10 years batteries will be obsolete and i feel like there's some lobbyists for big battery keeping them in business or they're just cheaper i don't know rechargeable batteries were more of a thing for like a little bit and i feel like they aren't anymore you know what I mean? Like I used yeah, to see them at the store where it had market. their little chargers. Yeah, I think they just, yeah, they have yeah. to get more effective. Well, because you could so easily get a dongle and just charge things with like a USB port or whatever that non-Apple dongle is that you use for like a droid. Yeah. That everything runs off USB, of except for a, Apple. Or mini. Yeah. yeah well, whatever. no, now everything, they have to so make it USB-C. I don't know what that... USB-C is like the universal standard and iPhone is going to have to implement it because legally in Europe, they have to implement it. So they're just going to put it in all their phones. It is such a fuck you that Apple's like, no, it's this way and it doesn't come with the phone and good luck. And it's also disgusting how everything comes with a USB cable. You're like, I have plenty. You do not need to send me one. Like they are not hard to get. Europe is it has been introducing like legislation about planned obsolescence being illegal. Like the fact that you can't open up your iPhone and get into it to fix something yourself it could be illegal. Right? You know, like making it so that these things die. Like when one piece breaks, it's done. So yeah. that you have to buy a new one. It's almost like one company wants to have the monopoly on something and make you dependent on them by constantly upgrading their phones and giving you Apple pencils. 
And my new book, All Things Aside, which is available for pre-order now, I talk about how like every couple of years, tech reintroduces like a writing device. They're like, look, a <laughs> stylus. I'm like, cool. Can't wait to lose that and just use my finger. Sorry, I sound like yeah. this. It's, uh, I guess I just have allergies now. Never did. Now I do. Oh, that's fun. Have you taken any allergy meds? No, but I do spend a lot of time rolling around in the grass. We have like a little <laughs> patch of grass in our backyard. Um, and I enjoy, it's like, it's Easter grass. It's like plush, like basket lining. And I like to sit in it. And this is what I get. <laughs> you, you and John are just out there rubbing your heads on it. Just rubbing dead worms on our bodies. <laughs> she does love to do that. She does. Um, I am very excited about this podcast and here's why. Our podcast. Because I've been on the road a bunch recently and people always write me like cards and letters and I now more than ever, I mean, I always read them, but I'm seeing a lot of people bring up Ask Eliza Anything because part of their routine or part of making them feel good. And it makes me feel good because, you know, you make this art and you do feel like to an extent that you're just throwing your life into a void. And so it's nice when people are like, by the way, like I decided not to kill myself. Thanks for doing a podcast. So we love it. And we love digging into the minutia of everyday things. I got a great story and it involves, well, it's not dissimilar to like the whole, like, I don't like someone's boyfriend. Do I tell them? Like I have a real life example of me being the friend that's like, I see the warning signs. So it's going to be great, but you got to wait till the end. Okay. Got to skip through okay. everything or you can just wait. So we're ready, right? Uh, yeah. So Back this it. first. Yeah. Hi, Eliza. I'm a big fan. I'm hoping you can help me to be more open and even blunt about a topic I hate. Poop. My backstory is that I have several chronic health conditions and a big set of their symptoms involve my gut. I was not diagnosed with anything until I was in my 20s, so I felt a lot of shame about being the only one around who constantly needed to run to the bathroom and or spend a lot of time in there while I was growing up. Now I'm 37 and actually have a side project as a patient advocate and life coach, helping others to cope and more importantly, thrive with their conditions. But in my coaching sessions, I get a little sick to my stomach when my clients talk about gastrointestinal symptoms. Yeah, it feels childish gross. to get grossed out. <laughs> feels childish to get grossed out over something that is a normally normal bodily function. How can I retrain my brain to focus on what they need for me in these sessions and become more comfortable talking about all things poop? Dude, I don't know. I'm not a behavioral therapist, but I can tell you, it, first of all, why did you sign up to do this if you think it's so awful? You're just like- There's a lot of parts that aren't poop. She wants to help people like her, but she doesn't want to talk about other people's poop. You're like, hi, my name, uh, my name is Susan. Uh, and I just am here to be your uh, ally. Uh, you're disgusting. Um, I mean, if it'll make you feel any better, you are- genetically conditioned to find poop disgusting because that is like biologically and evolutionary. Like that's, you're supposed to, it's dead and you, it smells bad so that you know not to eat it. That's why things in nature have bad odors or bright colors. They're like all warning. So poop is, you. it would be weird if you were like, I love it. I love talking about fecal matter. Um, everybody poops, but it's disgusting and you're supposed to find it disgusting. So- I don't know. Maybe they don't need to go in depth of like the texture of their turds or something. I, I don't, I don't know how to read. Right. I mean, I'll tell you, I will tell you, I never liked the word pregnant. I didn't like the word like in utero. I didn't want to talk about babies. And then once I had one, like it all just goes out the window. 
like once you are like wide open with nurses walking, like you just, you kind of just like get over it. So maybe, I don't know what the equivalent of that is, like when it comes to taking a dump, but like- Just keep talking about it. Go look at their dump when they're done. I think if, yeah, you just have, if, I guess that's it. I get, I don't know. Can we ask a different question? That's, this is above my pay grade. That one's tough. I don't know how to retrain your brain. You want to clockwork orange your eyes open and just like look at turds all day and normalize talking about nobody really. I feel like, this is about no, I feel orange. like this person is thinking too graphically about what's happening. When somebody goes, says like, oh, I was in the bathroom. I'm not thinking about what they were doing in there. By don't, the way, it's none of your business. You can be in there just like struggle grunting and like nothing's coming yeah. out. Like it, it can <laughs> be about, going out. think of it about the journey, not the destination, which is just dumping out. Okay, next question. Let's get into something more, less gross. Hey, Eliza and Emily and Snow Peach and Itty Bitty Baby. Just a simple question. My wife and I don't know why the top of the cob is the good thing and the bottom of the cob is the bad. Objectively speaking, we both think the bottom is superior to the tiny kernels at the top. Shed some light for us. Okay, well, obviously you have not been listening since the very beginning and I'm going to blow your mind. It is No, say it nice for new listeners. Okay, I'm sorry. Obviously, you haven't been a fan from the jump. Um, I'm going to blow some of your minds. This is not cob spelled like corn cob. This has nothing to do with a corn cob. Uh, so, so, yeah, for people that are new listeners, top of the cob, bottom of the cob refers to this road trip I was on, and Noah and I stopped at this, like, one of those giant catch-all California stands that sells everything from, like, pickled okra to licorice to almonds, whatever. And they had jarred cobbler. So it was like fruit cobbler in a jar. And I remember thinking, it was like the fruit you would use for a cobbler. And I remember thinking, who cares about the fruit? The top of the cobbler is the best part. So top of the cob is like, we're referring to like the crispy, buttery, flaky dough on a cobbler. And the bottom of the cob is the hot fruit, which is good because without the fruit, you don't have a cobbler. But... My favorite part is I would just want to eat the top of that cob. So that's the what- The wet crust. The wet crust. So it's cob, C-O-B-B, which is not a word. <laughs> uh, I think it's important to note that this question asker also sent a picture of their own corn that they <laughs> chewed on to show the little kernels at the top and then the big ones at the bottom. And then they had a follow-up corn-related <laughs> question. My wife just reprimanded me because we were supposed to share this corn cob, but she thought I would eat half of it lengthwise. I oh. told her that is sheer insanity. What's the right way to share it lengthwise or top to bottom? Why are you sharing a corn? Why, I, Why don't you each have your own corn Yeah, cob? if things are that bad, you need to sell whatever device you're listening to this podcast on and get you two corn cobs. Uh, I think if you were going to share corn, you would just have to go bite for bite. Uh on the, following the circumference. Each on one side. No, because you're right. The top, the pointy part at the top, the kernels get weird and dry and small. So in your case, well, it would be the bottom, but you should be sharing bite for bite the width of it, like going around, you know? I think it's really polite that the question asker ate the worst part, the top, and then offered her wife the bottom and was like, here's the good part of the cord rather than lengthwise. Wait, this is two women? <laughs> Is it two women? I believe so. Based on the username, yes. Do you watch Hacks? Yeah, I've, I haven't started the new season yet, but okay. yes. Well, in, there's an episode where Jean Smart gets booked on a gay cruise and she's upset because she, she learns it's a lesbian cruise. And then she like leans I into it. I saw a screenshot 
of Margaret Cho. And I was like, oh. Yeah, she has like a brief cameo and she does this cruise and she's like killing on stage, the lesbian lover. And then she like has a misstep and they turn on her. And I'm like, that is my neck. Cause she comes out dancing and all the lesbians are like into it. And then she just ultimately uh, offends them. And that is my nightmare is that like I'll come out one night dancing and then the crowd turns on you. <laughs> I was cringing watching it, but it's a great that's episode. Basically, that's the turn Ellen's whole life took. It, the dancing is weird. It is weird how we've decided like women love dancing and oh, you're gay. You must want to see me dance. I'm like, why don't we just treat lesbians like regular people? And not assume that everything's about fucking, right? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like people at all male establishments, like strippers should start coming out just doing like a little like Ellen dance up to the pole. But it's more for me about like the idea of like, that's why I don't meet anyone before my shows. Like I'm not going to tank, but like the idea that like you like go to the buffet before your show or like indulge in anything. I'm like, we party after. I cannot meet people and be like, yeah. get ready for me to rock. And then like the show's okay. You're like, well, I guess I'll see myself out. So it's always after. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a cobbler, not a, not a corn cob. <laughs> Hi gang, please keep me anonymous as me and all my friends listen religiously. Good. Oh boy. Another relationship question for you. I've been casually seeing an older man for almost a year. He is 44 and I'm 28. We have both been divorced. He has three children and I have none. My friends are convinced I'm going to want kids down the road and therefore we won't last. He doesn't want any more kids. And I've met his children a few times and they're absolutely wonderful. I feel in my gut that I don't want to have any biological children and would enjoy being a bonus parent more. He and I are very happy and we spend every minute we can together every other week when his kids are with their mom. In your opinion, can a large age gap like ours really work long-term? And Do you think someone can truly not want biological children and enjoy step-parenting? Love the pod. I've listened to every episode multiple times. Oh, thank you. Um, of course. Of course, especially for a second marriage, especially in LA, which I don't know where you live. Like it is very normal. First of all, 44 isn't that old. It's not like he's 56, which is not old, but contextualized with dating a 28-year-old perhaps. Um, it's super stereotypical to be like, yeah, this is the divorced dad and he's got a younger new wife. That is the way of the world. Um, and it's totally cool that you want to be a stepmom. Of course this can work. As long as you're honest with yourself. That's all. And I don't know you. Yeah. And you won't let me know you because your friends listen. Susan. <laughs> I mean, there's this continued thing that's so annoying that people just assume yeah. like, you're going to want kids, you're going to change your mind. And it's like, no, why can't you trust? Like if in five years, 10 years, she changes her mind, well, you know, that's that's then. But you can't live your life right now assuming, well, what I think and feel is wrong. I'm. It's going to change based on something that I don't think I want. I think that that's an unfortunate uh, yeah, I, way that people have us look at it. I'd be more inclined. I'm a little bit more inclined to believe you at 28 it's not like you're like 25 and you're like, and I never want kids. Like you do change a lot. Um, I think the only thing that I would think about is make sure that you're not giving up something that you might want for something that he wants. Like he's done. He did his thing. Uh, you do see a lot of times like the guy doesn't want to have a baby, but the young wife does. So they do, you know? Um, and it's kind of like your project. So as long as you deep down, and sometimes it's hard to remove your feelings of like intense passion for someone from what you really want. But if you really deep down just want to be a stepmom and just want to chill, you know, 
then that's, of course that can work. Yeah. Just make sure you're always checking in with yourself. And by the way, in like four years, if you're like, I do want a baby, 28 is young, but you know, you're not a child, but you do want a baby. I'm sure you can get one out of him, whether by hook or by crook. But also you have to take him at face value for what he's saying. Just like you are like, he doesn't want kids. You don't want kids. If that changes, you need to let him know and not assume that it's going to be fine. Yeah, for sure. So open communication, but of course, relationships like that work all the time. I'm pretty sure it's what New York High Society is based off of. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie. And I'm Ashley Flowers, the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. Lies and crew, my husband's grandfather passed away a few years ago, and my husband has since taken over caring for his grandmother. Once a week on his day off, he spends a big chunk of the day with her running errands, taking her to doctor appointments, cleaning her pool, etc. She does not drive anymore. Sometimes she can get a ride share for her appointments or order her groceries, but my husband does a lot of 
it and it's wearing him down. He has two siblings who live far away and his mother makes up every excuse in the book to put most of this on my hubby's plate. We are new homeowners mm. and there's always work to be done. Plus hubby. my husband has a full-time job. Hubby. I don't even like asking my husband for help because he gets one day off to himself and I don't want to fill it with a honey-do list when he's already taking care of his grandma's lists every week. He has reached out to his mother for help and she agreed to come in his place once a month as if she's doing him the favor. But that lasted all of two months, aka two visits and went out the window. Most recently, my mother-in-law and her husband were at grandma's house for Mother's Day. Wait, wait, wait. My husband. My mother-in-law and her husband were at grandma's house for Mother's Day? What is that sentence? (laughs) (laughs) So her husband's mom was with her own mom, was with grandma. Uh Uh-huh. The husband is taking care of grandma while mom sits off somewhere. Okay. Grandma's daughter is not involved. So mother-in-law was over at the grandma's house. Yeah. So the husband didn't go over to do all of grandma's chores because mom's there. And he was sick. Today, he went to go help out grandma and the pool is green and nothing has been done. They basically left all this work for my husband to deal with, even though it's her mother and they were just there. I'm at a loss for what to do. And I don't know if it's really my business to reach out to my mother-in-law and tell her to get off her ass and stop making her son take care of her own mother. What should we do here? P.S. Big fan of all your stand-up. My husband even made a Top of the Cop shirt to wear to your show at the Hard Rock Orlando when we saw you two years ago before the world shut down. It was a great show. Not gonna lie. I was magnificent. Um, I really think, first of all, I always say this, like, don't be the bad guy. Like, see now how like you as the woman, like now it's about you being combative with the mom and your husband's like, I'm just put upon. This has to, I think this comes from you wanting to spend more time with your husband and have some private time together and he's just kind of always busy. Have you checked in with him? Is he cool to do this or is he kind of tired? Never forget, he is a grown man as demonstrated by all the responsibility he has. He has to be the one to say something and you should support him. Is he like that weak that he can't like stand up to his own mother? And there are some stuff, he's definitely stronger. He definitely is stronger than his mother and he definitely could uh, outmaneuver her. And so there are things that like he probably takes care of because maybe, you know, his mom's older and she can't clean a whole pool or something. But there should definitely be a conversation that he has to initiate about her helping out. It does suck when you're like the closer sibling too. And you're like, I guess I'll just do everything. But like, he has a life too. But this really comes down to you wanting, you wanting him to not be taken advantage of and you wanting to have time with him. And he's so busy taking care of this lady. It's got to come yeah, from Yeah, I him. mean, he needs to come up with a with an alternative. Like he's the one who's doing it right now because he's a good person because he cares about his grandma. So he's going to want to make sure that it gets taken care of. I wonder if he can figure out a cleaning service, a pool yes. cleaning like that, get all the siblings and parents yes. and whoever to chip in. There you go. Since, you know, you guys don't live close. You can't go see see grandma. Still see grandma like once a month so that you can hang out with her and make sure everything's going well. But you can have her like house clean and yes. groceries delivered. You don't need, and, and of course you don't want her to be lonely. And it's like, okay, well maybe grandma can come here or something. But stuff like that, like cleaning a pool, like, doesn't cost that much and someone can come do it just to take a little bit off the plate. You can't replace having spending real time with someone, but mom also needs to help, but it's all got to come from your husband. And if he wants to be put upon, then okay. But you can't fight that battle for him. Sweet man. Yeah. Sweet man. You know? Hello, Eliza and Emily. 
I'm a 27-year-old woman, and I fit nicely into the demographic of this show as I just graduated with my doctorate in physical therapy. Cisgender or baby queer doctorate. My question is in regards to dating. I've been single for three years now, and I've consistently been putting myself out there for two of those years. I meet people mostly through dating apps and occasionally in person. Eliza, I know it wasn't until your 30s that you met Noah. Do you have any words of encouragement or advice to remain patient and persistent in my pursuit of my person? Thank you for your comedy as it is equal parts hilarious, relatable, and empowering. And in case you'd appreciate more context, I'm cisgender, straight, liberal, agnostic, introverted, but not socially inept. I've been in two serious relationships and I live in Kansas. Um, I need a little bit more info. Um... (laughs) It's that tough thing where like, you don't want to always be thinking about like, where is he? But it's so normal to think about that. But you're doing everything right. And you know, the person comes along when you're the person. So just, I don't want to sit here and tell you like, oh, just enjoy life and sit tight. Like you're ready to, you know, I, I get that you're ready to do it, but never forget that the universe is perfect. And... Things happen. It is. It is perfect. Things happen at the right time. Had I met Noah when I was younger, I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I would have been the right person. I don't know if I was mature enough. So there's nothing you can do other than what you're doing. Yeah. I think the big key is the fact that you're actively on the apps and stuff. And that's really all you can do. Cause it's like, what I mean, it's not a numbers game, but you won't is. meet the, if you're not like, on, I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're on the apps, you meet people and they either click or they don't. And if they don't, you'd be like, all okay, right, well, bye. That on to the next one. You're putting yourself out there. You're, you know, you're not sitting around, you're doing your life. And I bet you this person shows up a lot sooner than you're going to realize. That's all. The, when the, when the, what is it? When the student is ready, the master will appear. Not that the dude that you're going to date is your master, but like, when you're ready, oh, then boy. you're ready. I guess, I don't know. There's, But I get it. It's frustrating because you're like, hey, I'm ready to kick this into high gear. Just make sure that you don't uh, go out with the wrong person. You don't stay with the wrong person just because you want to be with someone. But um, for the, in the meantime, have fun doing single things. Have fun going to those bars. Have fun picking out the perfect one. Picking out the perfect horse. But when you were on the app, you know, you weren't on it thinking like this next one's going to be the one. This next one's going to be the one, right? Like you were, it was just, when it was Noah, you were like, oh, okay. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. Dating sucks. It's weird and it's exhausting. And, you know, ideally you're meeting some cool people out there, but they're just not right, right, not right for you. Just make sure you're doing the picking. You're not letting someone pick you. Um, and just be clear about what you want. You put that intention out there and that's what you get back. I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this and have fun and going to treat guys just as shitty as I feel. And then... Oh. I did for a little bit. I was just like, I'm not going to answer these people. And then I met Noah and all of it melted away. And now we have a baby. <laughs> you should tell that beautiful story to her one day. Now we have a baby with giant blue eyes, sometimes looks like an owl, and has the haircut that Al Pacino had in Scarface. And I don't know why her bangs <laughs> grow in so spiky and short, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> has she had a haircut yet or No. No. It's just, and it's beautiful hair and it's like kind of wavy, but in the front, it's just these like spiky, sassy divorcee bangs. And I, I don't know why they're so straight and everything else is so wavy. <laughs> don't your bangs do something weird? Oh, you mean my hair? That, don't you have a name for them? That doesn't grow in the front, my horn section? Your horn, yes. She, is that, does your baby have multiple horns? No, it's just, it's straight down bangs. Like, 
I mean, you guys can't like see. Like emo? I've posted a picture of it. No, like look up a picture of yeah, Al Pacino and Scarface. And he's got these like weird, almost dumb and dumber bangs. That's what my baby has. And I don't want to cut them because I want them to keep growing. But she has like almost like a Kate Gosselin haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Al Pacino. Hold on. Yeah, look at Al Pacino. People can go with me. You have an idea of what my baby looks like. I mean, in person, I'll show a picture of her. I just don't post it. Hey, guys. Congratulations on the house. Emily, be careful about basement flooding if you have one. My question is about grief. Cool. Cool warning. (laughs) I don't have a crawl space, so I guess I need to worry about that. Sure. My question is about grief. My Nona passed in November. I'm gay and not close to my family and was very, very close to her. She was my best friend. I wasn't invited to the funeral and have lit my (gasps) Yars Night candles. Your site. You know that word? Your site? Your Your site. site. Well, it's weird because Nona is a town. Y-A-H-R-Z. Your site? I only know in Judaism, yeah, it's a Yort site candle. Maybe this person's half Jewish, half Italian. Anyways, go ahead. Or it's called something else. Second hit. <laughs> Second hit was Lady COVID said hello twice. Last being in late December. What? I'm a gardener and have been unable to get up and down stairs. Finally this month, I can do it, but it's been a struggle. My wife has been supportive, but I'm sure the mental toll is also difficult. I have a daily cry, but how would you deal with this stuff? What's happening? You have COVID and you're and you're weaker now and your grandma died and you didn't get to go to the funeral? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, just grandma died. She was her best friend. The rest of the family, this person doesn't feel connected to. And they also had COVID and now can't, now get tired going up and down stairs. I mean, that's a fucking bummer. I think you're asking me like, how do I fix my life? First of all, related to that, they've gotten COVID twice and have limited physical capabilities now. Okay, that's awful. All this sucks. Um, yeah. You know what you should do is have your own little service for Nona by yourself or with your wife. I think you want like a little bit of closure. Like it would be really nice if you like wrote something to her, which you don't have to read out loud, but like you could get out. It really does help to write a letter and it really does help sometimes Mm -hmm. to read that out loud. Um, and you could have like a little tiny service, you know, this is, and your Nona will hear you wherever she is. Um, and she's your best friend. And I think you're also sad because she's the only person in your family that you were close to. And now that person's gone. And this is a huge part of life. And I'm definitely not the person who should be saying that to people because my Nana did die, but it's not like I'm not that familiar with grief and loss. One thing at a time. You're letting things all pile up, right? So go for a walk, have a service for your Nona. The COVID thing fucking sucks, but you know what? Take it up with all the people who think it's not real. Fucking monsters. It sounds like you need a, you need to give yourself a break. <laughs> it's a lot. Don't attach things to like the fact that COVID has made your body weaker. Don't attach that to the Nona grief. It's two different things. You're mourning the loss of the mobility that you had and your Nana. So deal with the Nona and then start chugging some Powerade or something. I don't know. Just, but just don't, don't pile on yourself. Give yourself a break. Give yourself some grace. Grace, just in yeah. case. For Ask Liza Anything, Dear Liza and the Entourage, I love listening to your podcast. Recently, a woman who has strong masculine features, as she sort of described and is a model, lucky her for having the look of the decade, was upset because I think someone made a comment about her masculine looks. She said she was cisgender. In any case, there's any, in case there's any confusion, to me, this is one of those overly liberal woke joke. One of those words have been invented to be sure that everything has a new name for what they are or want to become. So let's review. There is lesbian, females that want to be sexually with other females. 
Gays, a nicer, happier 40-year-old name for men who want to have sex with Ben. Transgender, those who have operations to make themselves more aligned on the outside to be what they feel that is not what they were born as, but what they mentally and emotionally feel they are on the inside. And then transgender, which I think is the same as transsexual. Oh, sorry. The other one was transsexual. Which I don't think anyone says anymore. (laughs) Which I think is the same or bisexual. You can okay to have sex with either sex. And finally, queer or questioning. Queer apparently means identifying as gay or lesbian, which is sort of redundant. And sometimes Q stands for questioning. That really encompasses not picking a team that you want to play on, if at all. So why is there a word cisgender? You are what you were born as and identify as such. By carefully creating the word cisgender, it takes the idea subconsciously of the word normal out of the equation. Tells you that if you are what you were born as without declaring, you are out of step, out of what's going on, out of touch with the new reality. You can no longer say, I am a woman, I am a girl, I am a boy, I am a man. How strange it is to be forced out of what used to be called the norm. (laughs) I get that people who are not part of this don't want to feel that they are in the minority, but so what if they are? So what if they are, in fact, half of the whole population? How does LGBTQHNB, that stands for declaring your level of blondness, A for ash, H for highlighted, N for natural, B for bleach, of course, there are other suffixes, D for Democrat, C for conservative, LR for liberal Republican, and the list could go on. So in conclusion, I'd like to hear what your and Emily's opinion on what is going on with this mental slash verbal clever subconscious shift in our perceptions. Look, I'm not like anywhere on this, like I'm not queer. I'm I, All I am is an ally. All I am is a person who deeply believes that gay lives and trans lives are matter and our trans rights or human rights, stuff like that. Um, I don't think cisgender is something anyone really needs to think about. I think by not naming it cisgender, you kind of mean like, oh, if you're straight, then you're regular, default, normal. And who's to say that half the people aren't queer? Who's to say, it's really hard to quantify. You don't have to identify as cisgender. You don't have to have that label. But it would make sense that if you were queer, you would have a label for what the other is. That's like saying, like, why do I have to say I'm white when white is regular? And if you're African-American, you have to say it, you know? So it kind of, yeah, you don't have to say you're cisgender. It's no one's, you know, and you can just say I'm a straight person. That's okay, too. What, it doesn't really matter. Um, you also don't have to identify as queer or say you are. Like, it just depends on the context. I've never said cisgender. I don't need to. It's just labels there if you want them, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's why people will put like their their pronouns and their signature, their bio or something, and they're very clearly a she, her, and their bio is she, her. It's like, well, why do you have to tell us? It's like, because then it doesn't stick out so much when people have pronouns that maybe aren't what you'd think they are. Like it kind of just normalizes it. So then if somebody has they, them, you're not like, what's happening here? Because you're used to seeing that pronoun thing in everyone's bio on Twitter or whatever. Like it just creates it so that there's not just words for the other. Exactly. You said that to me a while ago because I was like, it looks annoying when a straight person is like, by the way, my pronouns are she, her. And I was like, what a performative asshole. And then you were like, no, it's a way of doing it to normalize it. So yeah, or the, they say they're cisgender, you know? Here's it's what it like, comes down I to. Mean, nobody is going to get mad at you if you don't automatically know what their pronouns are. And nobody's going to get mad at you for trying. Like this, it's not happening where someone's like, you didn't say they, them. I'm taking you to court. It's about giving a little bit of space and just giving a little bit of grace to people who are something other than totally straight. 
and not making them feel bad about it. She didn't have to, she was only saying she was cisgender. She could have said straight. She was only saying it because she's mistaken for other things. But you could say straight, yeah. you could say cisgender, or you could just not. You can just say I'm a heterosexual woman. And that's okay too. Yeah, if you have to if you identify have to. yourself. I mean, I think it also plays into the fact that like now people say like, there weren't this many gay people before. There weren't this, there weren't that. It's like, well- But there were. No, people just didn't tell anyone. Exactly. So now as we like open up language, more people are actually thinking about, you know, instead of just thinking, well, I'm the default. Right. Whatever that's been taught to them to be. They're like, oh, there are other things that I've been ignoring or hadn't thought about or whatever. It's not necessarily- that they're being influenced to be something that they're not, but just that like they didn't realize that was an option that they could embrace any thoughts in that direction. I think it's direction. more, you, yeah, you were that. You just, we didn't have a word for trans. And before that, people would say transvestite, which is so dated or like cross-dresser. And it's mm-hmm. like, but people have been doing that since the beginning of time. So the language is just ever shifting. People have always been queer. People have always been, that's like saying, not that these two are equated at all. I'm just saying- that's like saying like, how come all these kids are autistic now? It's like, they probably always were. We just didn't have the internet before. Right. They say that about ADHD all the time. Why are we not it's saying like, it about <laughs> white supremacists? Like, why are we not like, it's like, they've always been there. We're just now identifying them as terrorists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just anyway. start chatting with each other on 4chan. That's like saying like, wow, black people really have a, really don't like white people and have a lot of opinions. Like, nope. Always has been this way, just now it is okay to say it, you know. So, do you find yourself searching for true crime podcasts that are different from what you're always recommended? Do you want to make a real difference in the cases that you're following? Well, you're a crime junkie, and I'm Ashley Flowers the creator and host of the number one true crime podcast, Crime Junkie. There are hundreds of episodes already available, and each Monday we dive into the details of cases spanning from some of the most infamous to those that you have never heard covered before. Listen to Crime Junkie podcast now, wherever you're listening. Hey, Eliza and crew. I've been loving hearing all your mom slash baby stories as I am a first-time mom with my baby girl born just this past October. There can never be too many baby slash real-life mom shit stories. My simple question, what have you found to be the most useful baby item slash product that you've used? And what have you found to be the most obscene product you fell into the tourist trap of? Looking forward to seeing you in Boise next month. I've been clinging to my tickets since pre-COVID. Thank you, Katie oh, wow. from Boise. Yeah, those shows are going to be great. Um, I'm actually... Glad you asked that because I literally said it this morning without them endorsing me or giving me money. I will tell you the brand is called Haka, like a double A. And it is a nail file, like an automatic, like an electric nail file for your baby because trimming a baby's nails is terrifying. It's scary to do it for your dog, let alone your child. And this is an electric nail file and it's so soft and you can do it on your skin. It doesn't hurt but I can file her nails get very sharp and I can file. And I know that because she grabs my mouth, which is painful. Um, but I can file her nails down and it's not a problem. It comes with a little light and it comes with different files. So as she gets older, they different degrees of roughness uh, and you can use it too. Haka baby nail file. It is the best. And as for what traps I fell into, I'd also like to say, yes, I did do a campaign for them, but the willow, which yes, it is expensive 
but it is a breast pump that just goes in the cup of your bra. There are no wires. So while you're not going to run a marathon using it, you definitely don't have the anxiety of being strapped to a machine with like your back hunched over. Um, That gave me some autonomy. Honestly, everything else, like yes, there are baby wipes that work and sheets and stuff like that, but most baby products are a scam. Most of them are just poorly made, cheap things, just giant pieces of plastic that you get scared. I was gifted a ton of stuff um, and I do have help. So my day in and day out with my baby is different than a mom who's doing it all on her own. And I own that and I don't feel bad about it. This is just my reality and it's something that I've chosen to pay for. Um, But I do think the bulk of baby products are like, get this just in case, because when you're a new mom, you don't know what you'll need or what you won't need. And then six weeks in, you're like, oh, wow, she didn't need any of this. Um, But you get scared and you don't know. So it's really, you don't know till you go. And then for the second kid, you just stick them in a drawer somewhere. But I will say that nail file and uh, like we got this, your baby just needs somewhere to sit that's safe. And then now that she's a little bit older, she likes to, she likes crinkle paper, which all babies like. It is simple what children need. You do not need the bulk of stuff. And you know what else I think is a scam? All of the baby bags and backpacks. I was gifted some beautiful ones, but it's like, yeah, or you could just put it in your purse or a regular backpack. And then they upcharge you because like, it's for a baby. And you're like, okay, who cares if it's pink? I'm just, uh, it's all a scam. The crinkly things that the baby plays with, is it like little toys or like paper? It's like a piece of like crinkly cellophane, but it'll be like wrapped in cloth and then the baby just likes to crinkle it. Well, you know, I bet you could save money if you use, there are cat toys that have that crinkly stuff in them. You should get your baby some cat toys, real cheap. I know you like that idea of like our world's converging. Uh, I think it's all kind of the same made in, <laughs> made in China garbage. Um, also- but they're cheaper as a cat toy. I can tell you the toys I give my baby, like little stuffed animals, like you see Tianfu eyeing it. Like, I'll just take that hedgehog that makes nighttime sounds. So we got to keep them separate. <laughs> Tianfu will help herself to anything the baby has. And you know what? The baby's welcome As to all of Tianfu's toys. As she should. Everything's fine. All of our mouths are in each other's mouths. Everything's fine. <laughs> Don't, but just know most things are a scam. Most things are just a total, like I was offered uh, one of those baby carriers, you know, like a, like a baby Bjorn that you carry your baby in. And I have one mm-hmm. that's cool. And then a company offered me one and they have, they come in like cashmere and they're like $700. And I was like, thank you for the offer. I cannot wear this. Like that is an asshole yeah. move to even tag that. Yeah. So, so women in other countries like put their baby in a sack and throw them over their bag and they go back to work. Like you don't need all of this stuff. There's a fragility and like white birth where we're like, oh, you, you'll need all of these things. Yes, some things make your life easier, but for the most part, it's just going in a landfill. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hello. This is my first question, but I'm a longtime fan. War pain is what got me, LOL. This might be long. I'm 26 and I'm a pharmacy student. Pharmacy well, I love student. War pain. And I have about one year left. I'm in a serious relationship with the nicest human and it's been about one and a half years. He's incredible and we're planning to get engaged in the next few months before I graduate. However, I don't always feel 100% about it already. I still love my ex, which is part of the problem, but we were long distance and I know that's not a realistic love. 
He texted me two months ago, and that's when the doubt started coming in. The person I'm with now and I spent so much time together, so I know I'm out of the honeymoon phase, but is it normal not to be 100% ready or sure that I should marry this person? I know he treats me so well, and my family and friends love him, so am I the problem? LOL. I can't help but think I have some more growing to do. Also, my ex just texted me to say he hopes I'm doing well and that I'm happy, not asking to get back together or anything. No. First of all, your ex, that's annoying. Like, he's... He's keeping a door open. It's kind of selfish, but I think you have some feelings you need to explore with that. And you're totally right. Good for you. You do need a little bit of growing. Um, That being said, you said the ex, sorry, what was the background? Your ex doesn't live near you. What was it? It was a long distance relationship uh, and they broke up and she's been with this new person for a year and a half, but she still loves the ex. First of all, you... Still love the ex because it was long distance. So you didn't have day in and day out with that person. I always say this. When something's long distance, it's kind of like a honeymoon phase. So it's super easy to romanticize your time with that person. Also, like, remember the reasons you broke up. This person is not real. They do not live near you. And it's easy for him. Like, he's having a drink. He's like, I'm just going to text Sheila. So it's kind of selfish. And if he really cares about you, he won't do that. Or he would have fucking manned up and moved to you. Um... I think you don't have to rush into anything, but I think it's good that you're keeping yourself honest with these thoughts. In a way, you might marry this person and love them, but like think about your ex from time to time and that's okay to do too. Um, But you have to make sure that you're with this person because you want to be with them, not just because you can't be with the ex. So give yourself a beat. That's what I think. And... When your ex texts, you're going to get butterflies. You're going to be like, oh my God, hey, how are you? Whatever. I would just think about the reasons you broke up. And also make sure you're not wasting this person's time. A year and a half is a long time to still be like, oh, like here's my question to you. If your ex showed up today and was like, I'm moving to back to town. I'm moving to your town and I want to be with you. Would you do it? And if so- Sounds like they would. Yeah, you might want to- be kind and let this person you're with go or grow up, cut out the X and focus on to see if this person is the right one for you. Yeah. I mean, how would you feel if you found out that he was kind of like, I don't know if I want to marry her, but she's nice to my family. There you go. I guess I'll do this because I can't get something else. You also do not have to choose one or the other. You could choose the third option, which is neither. So Mm -hmm. keep, keep asking these questions. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Hi, Liza. I've been a fan of yours for years and go see you whenever you're in Nevada. Thank you for always making me smile. Here's my question. Wait, can I just say one thing? Hopefully you'll come see me in July. I'm doing July 4th weekend in Las Vegas, which is in Nevada, and October. We got two shows both times and they're at 10 o'clock, which is very hard for me, but I do it for you. And my whole family's coming. (laughs) At the Mirage. And and they, at the Mirage, and they like to go to the cabana and I don't because it's too hot for me. So I'm going to go get my ears pierced somewhere and I'll meet up with them for dinner. I have an appointment. (laughs) Okay, good. This year has been the hardest for me so far. In January, my mom was diagnosed as psychotic and I had to be the one to tell my dad and sister that she is an alcoholic after finding all of her stashes during her hospital stay. I've not seen her since her hospitalization and the rest of my family does not know what is going on. My friends do not know what to say or how to ask and I'm really struggling. Do you have any advice? She admitted that she's been drinking for over a decade and doesn't remember a lot, including using me as the family scapegoat and consistently bullying me. Feeling incredibly hurt and disconnected, do not know how to move forward. Your advice is greatly appreciated. 
thank God this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I would get, I would find a therapist ASAP because I'm not qualified. What's the question though? So they're asking advice on dealing with it. So it sounds like, okay, so we can't deal with your relationship with your mother. That's something that is going to take a professional. I think it sounds like you had to tell your dad and sister that your mom was an alcoholic. If you like your dad and your sister, this is a time to lean on them and come together and figure this out together. Like how to help your mom if that's what you want to do. Like how to respond, how to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Or if you don't like that she's always bullied you and treated you like the family scapegoat, you know, you can be honest about that. About yeah. You can't take care of this. Like dad needs to handle this and decide what you want to tell your friends. Cause I'm sure your friends aren't asking questions cause they don't, they don't know what to say. They don't know. They don't want to pry. They don't want to ask too much. So just let them know where you're at and like, what would help you? Would it help you to go to lunch or go see Eliza's show? Or would it help you to go yeah. like cry uh, in a basement somewhere with them? Right now it's all about you because you took care of your mom. Your mom had her issues that she's dealing with has been dealing with and it will be dealing with forever. So how do you make yourself whole? Is this a conversation you need to have with your mom where you like have a come to Jesus intervention? You know, you're allowed to say to her, here's how your behavior has affected me and hurt me. You also will have to, and I'm, I'm saying this as someone that hasn't had to do this and won't have to do this, but there's something wrong with your mom. And she may never be the mom that you want her to be. And she may never fully comprehend what she did. So it's less about her apologizing and more about you being heard and drawing a line and breaking that pattern and not allowing yourself to be used and doing the things that you need to do. So whether that is talking with your dad, talking with your mom, talking with your family, be selfish or selfless, be selfish in your pursuit of making yourself whole. And forgiveness because I don't think your mom wants to have a mental issue and I don't think your mom wants to be an alcoholic and she's limited. That's tough. Yeah. This doesn't fall on you. You have a dad and a sister. There you go. Who hopefully will support you. And I'll see you at the show with my brand new pierced ears. <laughs> I, I, You're going to pierce that day before the show? I don't know what I'm going to do. I found this guy. I think his name is Randy. I want to say it's Dreyfus. And he has like an ear styling studio. And I found this on like Instagram and he like looks at your ear and he's like, here are the piercings we could do to balance out what the piercings you have and like make it look nice. So I'm going to go see what's what with my ears. All right. Because I don't want a tattoo and I don't want to pierce anything else, but I'm still cool, mom. I'm going to pierce up. I'm going to get some holes. Punch them holes. Are you going to pierce the baby's ears? No. That is not my, that is not my preferred look on a baby. <laughs> and also, like it's crazy when babies have like big, big jewels, and you're like, "What's going on over there, baby?" Uh, it's not my. It's not a cultural choice. Um, I also think, yeah. on a feminist level, it's her body. I mean, while I won't let her get a tattoo at 14, you know that is her choice, which she'll want, and we'll go together. But I'm not going to do that to her. It's not the look no, we want. Can go to Claire's. Yeah, if malls still exist, or we'll get them pierced in the metaverse. <laughs> Do I have a conundrum for you? Hi, Liza and crew. I am in between a rock and a hard place. Context. My husband's best friend, mid-30s, is engaged. The fiance is a 20-something from Brazil who is here in the U.S. on a work visa. 
They met online while Uh-oh. he was in a relationship. Oh, boy. Long story short, he cheated and dumped his girl for the Brazilian. Sure. They went from zero to 100 quick, living together, and he even paid for her breast augmentation using credit cards that his parents still pay off for him. Oh, God. The <laughs> problem. He's been cheating on her as well. Oh. Bugging his interns that work in his office. And she has strong suspicions of what's going on. As her friend, do I tell her? The wedding is coming up, but I don't know what to do. My husband is not on board with telling her and even gave his friendship for being a horrible human being. I want to tell her, but should I? Thanks for listening, Anonymous. Oh my God. First of all, that took several turns emotionally because I was like, this girl's <laughs> a scammer. Did. And now I'm like, oh no, the scammer is scammed. Oof. Oof. You know what? Is there a way to just opt out of all of it? Like he's putting you in such, well, that's, that's so a- shitty that you know that he's cheating. Does he like brag about it? I, she probably knows through her husband, but she's friends with the Brazilian. Tell that's, your friend. That's so fucked before up. Before she like gets a, before she gets like a marriage visa and then gets like kicked out of the country. She needs to get her ducks in a row. She needs to figure out if she, this is worth putting up with to live here or if she wants to go back to Brazil. I mean, it's not your secret to keep. And part of me is like, maybe she'll marry him anyway, just so she can get, I don't really know how that paperwork works. Like once you're married, does it matter? I don't know how you have to stay married or whatever. Um, Part of it is like, yeah, girl, like this guy cheated on his girlfriend with you. And like, yeah, that doesn't always mean you're going to do it again. But I always say that, like if he did it to the last one, why wouldn't he do it to you? I would be so grossed out to have him pay for, he paid for the breast augmentation with his, Credit cards that his parents paid for. It's like, oh, your parents bought this for me? Look, all of these people seem not great. Like, she seems not great. He seems not great. Uh, Part of me thinks she kind of doesn't care because she's clearly... And maybe she does love him. Um, What is not fair is that it's not on you. And what's really shitty... Like, let's say this girl is a good person and she loves him and she just wanted to get a boob job, which is fine. And that's on him that he doesn't pay for it. Whatever. These people are not of quality. However, that is going to take a toll on her when she finds out everyone knew he was cheating on her, but her, and she's going to hate you. I, yeah, just say something. Be like, he absolutely is. And you need to decide. Just put it on her. Nobody can be mad at you. And maybe she'll say, oh yeah, I know. And then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. At least like not as a woman, you don't want to contribute to her being gaslit. Like, she's like, I think he's cheating on me. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not on you and your husband. And this is, this shouldn't even be a thing. Like, this guy's a piece of shit. So it's not on you to uphold that. Yeah. And if she's like, I think he's cheating on me, I'd be like, he, I think he is. And here's why. So mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, God. I don't know. That's always tough. Like, do you say anything? Cause it's not your best friend, it's your husband, but you know, whatever. Um, she also doesn't strike me as the kind of girl that would keep the secret. If you're like, he is cheating on you. Don't tell anyone I told you. She'll be like, she'll just out you. I don't know. Oh God. This friend is such Maybe a- Maybe he should have hidden it better then. Yeah. Why do you have to be friends with it? Just remove yourself completely. Yeah. I don't know. It's not on you. So if she does know and you lead her to that conclusion, like that's his fault for being shitty. This is not, this will become your fault, but it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Say something. Yeah. Fuck it. Blow it open. Let us know. Let us know what happens. Okay, go ahead. 
Hello there. I have a question regarding a bridal shower. I'm a bridesmaid and my cousin's wedding happening later this year. The maid of honor requested $200 from each bridesmaid to pay for the shower. This was a lot for me because I'm in graduate school and I'm barely making money right now, but I paid my contribution feeling like I had no other choice. I got the invitation for the shower and it mentions that the bride does not want gifts, but instead has a honey fund we can make contributions to. Am I expected to give a gift for the shower as well as a wedding gift? I've never been a bridesmaid before, so I'm not actually sure what the protocol is. I know I should get a wedding gift, but would it seem cheap for me to consider the $200 I put towards the shower my gift? I would very much love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks. That's tough. Because you're a bridesmaid. So every she asks, okay, right. No, I look, I hate to say this, but this is part of being in the bridal party is you're throwing her a party. And she did the budget. Thank God you're not asking me being asked to be the maid of honor or like most of our listeners, you're the only person throwing the party because the bride has no friends. It is part of it. Like you contributed that. You're, look, at the end of the day, I don't want to sit here and be like, $300 isn't that much money. You can start an OnlyFans account. It's not that much money in the grand scheme of things, but $50 is totally okay for a gift. So unfortunately, monetary contribution is expected when you're in the bridal party because it's her wedding. And, you know, you're collecting $200 from each girl. At the end of the day, you probably get $1,000 and that pays for dinner and like a night somewhere. And this is just what it is. You don't have to break the bank to give a gift. $50 gift card to Target, you know? You don't have to give a gift for the bridal shower, right? It's no. the money you're paying. Correct. You're not giving, no one gives gifts okay, for a so bridal shower. 200 bucks for a bridal shower, 50 for the wedding, and you're totally covered. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bridal shower or bachelorette party? I think it was bridal shower. Hold on. Okay. So you do have to give a gift for the bridal shower. What? Yeah. It's like just girls. Like, remember I did mine on the roof. But, but yeah, and one person threw mine. So in this case. But you could give something very small. Okay. Like thongs are not expensive. each to pay for the shower, bridal shower. So you have to give okay. $200 for the bridal shower, then a bridal shower gift, then a, in cash because they have a honey fund, then a wedding gift in cash? No. Okay, look. Not doing that. Okay, you are contributing to the bridal shower. So they're going to buy whatever, a table at a cabana, at a poolside thing, whatever. And then you have to give two goats for the dowry. Um, you can give her for her bridal shower gift. It could be a candle. It can be- No, she has a honey fund. For no, the shower, it mentions the bride does not want gifts, but instead has a honey fund. She oh, wants honey fund for her shower. That's even more perfect because now you only have to give one gift. If it were the other way, you'd have to give her her bridal shower gift, which is usually like pajamas or like a dildo. And then this you have to give- gonna Excuse have- me. I have had a wedding and I know the rules. And then you give the honey fun, which is the gift for all of them. So if she just wants honey fun, you donate 50 bucks and you're like, I'm in grad school. I hope you and Eric enjoy getting fucking sloshed no, on a beach. No, this is for the bride. No, this bride is no. going to ask for honey fun for the shower and the wedding because it says, I got the invitation for the shower and it mentions that the bride does not want gifts, but has a honey fun. So the bride's going to say, give me my bridal shower cash, and then a month later, give me my wedding cash. No, I don't interpret it that way. I'm saying she's like, just give me gifts for the honey fund. So here's $50, have some drinks on your all-inclusive cruise. That's it. Okay, give them $50, and if they send you that honey fund link again, no. You already already gave it. 
I'm saying she's she's helping you out because she's saying I just need the one gift. So you don't have to buy her like a uh, rose petal encrusted thong and six drinks for her and Jonathan at a at a resort on a beach in a lake. But yeah, yeah this is part of it. And if you it sucks because, you know, you want to have this talk and be like, look, I don't have any money. I'm sure they still want you included, but you just give what you can. There's no expectation. I have friends who don't have a ton of money and I never like looked at any gift and was like, you only sent one t-shirt for my baby? Like, so you're lucky because you only have to do the one gift, which is how I'm interpreting it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm interpreting that if they ask for two gifts, just give them one and they can suck it. Yeah. Be like, I'm in grad school and I don't have any money and they're fine. So Yeah. I already paid you. 20 bucks to drinks. Like that's two drinks in a very poor country. <laughs> top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My bottom of my cob is this. Um, a friend was over and she was telling me that she met a guy and I was like, great, you're great. You deserve a great guy. And she starts telling me about him and he sounds cool and he works in finance. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then... I was like, how long have you been seeing each other? She's like, about two months. And I was like, are you sleeping together? She's like, yeah, we have. And I go, cool, where does he live? She tells me. And I was like, have you seen his house? And she says, no. And like, I started like getting hot because it starts to sound like my story <laughs> from my movie, Good on yeah. Paper, which is a true story. And I was like, why haven't you seen his house? Because I'm like, there's no way. And she goes, well, we were going to, but he said, and then she like gives this weird excuse about the housekeeper. And I'm like, that's an oddly specific excuse ver like that no one would question except for me. And so like my face just dropped and I'm like, okay. Um, and she's like, what? So I like tell her my thing. She's like, oh my God. Yeah, I should see the house. She's like, we're going next week. And I'm like, are you? And she's like, the other thing is like, she was like, he's not great with texting. And I was like, uh-uh. Like everybody's good with texting. And she's like, he's out yeah, of town. Yeah, 80? He's out of town right now. And I'm like, are you sure he's out of town? Like, so I start to get nervous for her, not wanting to scare her, but just like, oh my God. So she leaves my house. She's like, it's fine. She's like, we have friends in common. And I'm like, that's fine then. I did not have that. And if you have friends in common, great. Yeah. So she leaves. Noah and I are watching TV. She calls me and I'm like, what's up? She's like, I am sitting in front of my house Googling him now because I'm like scared. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, it's not the same. Like you have friends in common. She's like, but we really don't. They're like mild acquaintances and they didn't go to school at the same time. And I'm like, okay. So we Google him. I'm like, his bio and picture are across multiple sites. Like he is, I was like, that's not the same issue. Like he is who he says he is. She's like, but where's the house? I can't find it on Google maps. <laughs> So I'm Googling it. I'm like, I see where it is. And I was like, do you want to drive by it? And Noah is like, no, do not do that. That is crazy. I'm like, fuck crazy. We're going. And then Noah said this thing. He goes, never forget that Eliza and I are married. So whatever you're going through now is a hobby for us. <laughs> but let us know. Anyway, uh, I was like, we can drive through right now. Anyways, so she sorted it all out. But in Googling him, even though this guy's like a sweet guy, she found out he said he was 43, but he's really 46. And there is a difference. It's the problem is that he lied. Like that's the difference. We don't, that's so weird. But now we don't think he lied. She was like, apparently like dating apps will mess with your age to make sure that you connect with more people. That's what she said. And I'm like, what? or he didn't, I don't know. I got to get clarity. But 
I got like 1% of me was like, Ooh, here we go. But I'm really glad everything's okay. But I definitely was like, what do you mean you haven't seen the house? So is that your top of the cough? It was my bottom of the cough that I scared her. I didn't want to scare my friend. Oh. I mean, I think it was not un Not unwarranted. Yeah. What a Natasha Henstridge-related bottom of the cob do you have? (laughs) Uh, My bottom of the cob is actually, so you know I'm into Oreos now, and that's my hobby is we try different Oreos, and I have my little glass of milk, but... We're coming up on June, which means June is when all the companies do like fake allyship and there's just suddenly everything has oh, a yeah. rainbow on it and then gay. they don't do anything the rest of the year. So I got this ad for gay Oreos, for pride Oreos, June Oreos that are heart-shaped with rainbows that literally have like affirmations written on them. Like, I would go to a march with you. Like that was one of them. And I was Give like, it to your dad. This is not... <laughs> <laughs> this is just like, I don't know. It somehow like perverts the messaging into like, we're going to sell you heart-shaped Oreos with little little things that people wish that their homophobic parents would say to them and they could read the Oreo package. And then there's a blank part in the package that are like, write your own message and gift these Oreos to someone in your life who needs it. And I was like, this is so dystopian and awful and yeah. weird. But I do a little bit want to eat the hard Oreos. So eat we'll the hard Oreo. But also it's like, hey, I know that your parents kicked you out of the house when you were 15 for the way that you were born and you've been gay bash, but here's a sleeve of Oreos. That being said, <laughs> let me just say this. Of course, corporations are evil, but you don't know. I, and I could be wrong. Like, you don't know who Oreo donates to. Like, you know, you don't know. Right. The problem is less with them specifically and more that every company in for June sure. is like, it's very performative. And like, some of them are good. And like, I'm sure Oreo is good. And the fact that, because this is like the most like, weirdly like quote unquote kind version of it. It's just so over the top. That's like, I don't know you, you're a brand. Don't tell me you're going to march with me. Like, you know, it's, it's very weird, but they might be totally fine. It just, I'm just like, oh yeah, we're going to suddenly get a bunch of rainbow food this month. It is weird. And I will say it's going to make that one fecal therapist job easier when like your poop's rainbow. That's kind of fun to talk about. (laughs) It is weird, but like, imagine you're like in charge of like the pride think tank at Oreo. And it's like, what do we we look? We've got two chocolate wafers, cream and a plastic package. How do we make this gay friendly? (laughs) So they're doing I like that they went heart shaped and rainbow. They didn't just do rainbow cream or heart shaped. They're like all out. But those Lady Gaga Oreos were absolutely foul. So I'm worried about their food dying. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Seldom does like added dye make something taste. Ooh, red dye. Mm, crushed up bug. Yum. My top of the cob is Noah and I went out to dinner for our anniversary. Um, I used to be a really big sushi eater and then my conscience got to me about the ocean and stuff. So we never eat sushi now because we're raping our oceans and killing all these animals and sushi should be a delicate, beautiful thing, not plastic and wrapped and just available at every fucking corner store and like your kids shouldn't be eating it. Anyway, um, people are just eating like garbage whipped fish and it's just like, okay, well, say goodbye to the oceans. So I eat sushi like never now, but we went out for sushi to a nice place um, and they do wine pairings with the sushi instead of sake, which is great. And they started it with like a glass of champagne and... I never drink champagne because I'm like, it's too sugary, whatever. But I tried some delicious champagnes. I should get you the names of them. I could share them that are you know, expensive, but they're not like the traditional like Veuve Clicquot 
or like Chandon mm-hmm. or whatever. And they were outstanding. And I was like, oh, I see why people like champagne now. When it's really nice champagne, it really makes the night perfect. That's all. I had some nice champagne. I felt real good about myself. <laughs> the world is crumbling, but I had some nice champagne. Hello. <laughs> Oh, that I mean, that sounds nice. Yeah, you'll have to share with our listeners what uh, what brands it is that aren't just those same two. Yeah, I gotta. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. I don't uh, have it with me. My top of the cob. <laughs> we can report back. Um, my top of the cob is I forgot how much I like really good sci-fi. Like I used to read a lot of sci-fi books and stuff, and I started Severance very late, and I'm like seven episodes in. So I'm like, good. I love this kind of like. Yeah. Oh, this kind of mystery. And I just heard Stephen King really loves it. I'm like, God, I haven't read a Stephen King book in a while. I just feel like I, when I'm watching, everything I'm watching is like a reboot of a reboot, Uh Marvel something. It's so exciting to see something like new with characters I haven't seen. Like Patricia Arquette's character is not something I've seen on TV before. And I'm just like, oh, it's so, to have like, oh, I have two more episodes. And I'm like, we have to watch them. My mom goes out of town tomorrow. So I'm like, we got to watch them today. We watch one this morning. We have two more. We got to get them done before she leaves. Careful. You want to savor them. For those of you that are listening, I highly recommend Severance on Apple TV. Steal a password from someone. Um, I'm almost ready. I did. It is science fiction, but I'm not a sci-fi person because I always think like aliens and like space. It's more like dystopian I don't actually don't even think it's fiction. I think this is like a very real thing that could happen, but it's and a I great think show. This is that specific area that, like, yeah, the, the reason that you don't see it that much. It's kind of like Ex Machina really hit that for me. Oh, um, it, it's like a, a very I don't know. It's it's I think it's also why it's kind of into Stephen King, but it's not horror, but it is. It's like a thriller. It's tense, so it just there's there are very few things that pull that off well. Speaking of Ex Machina, um, what's the director's name? Alex Garland. So Noah and I went to a, men? Yes, a screening of Men, which is out now because it came out, uh, yeah, it came out yesterday. So I don't know, the 20th, so whatever. Um, Alex Garland, did, he did Ex Machina and then there's one other movie he did. That I Annihilation. Annihilation. Annihilation with Natalie Portman. Also very good, not as good, but good. So if you're a woman- this movie, I would not classify it as a horror movie because, spoiler alert, ultimately nothing horrible ends up happening. It is more suspenseful. But okay. it as a woman, like if you watch it, it is beautifully done and you're like nodding your head the whole time like, oh yeah, I've been through that. It's just, it's with, um, I'm blanking on the girl's name, but she's like this Irish actress and she Jessie was- Jesse Buckley. Yep, Jesse Buckley and The Lost Daughter. She was also, and I'm thinking of ending things. She's like an actor's actor. Anyways, if you're a woman, go see men. Because it is okay. weird, but also really hits home. Okay. Should I watch it with my dad this week or no? Yeah. Because the main okay. guy is really, he's fun to watch. Anyways, it's cool. So that's, I know this isn't a movie podcast, but we go to a lot of screenings. And um, I ate two buckets of popcorn after I did a magnesium wrap and sat in a sauna. So just putting a lot more garbage back oh. in my body. I ate two whole buckets of popcorn. Okay. You guys, did they bring you? Like, did you have to get up during the movie to go get a second bucket? No, we. Ate, I ate the whole first one before the movie started, and then he got a second one, oh. and I ate it. I have trouble nice. eating when things are scary, so I didn't eat. Um, and it was it was an impactful movie. And this today's episode, you know what? I'll be honest, I'm a little hungover from the champagne, and I had to do this whole thing in the gym because my Wi-Fi in my office is garbage. So I hope this episode was okay for you guys. Come see me on tour. Come see me in Salt Lake City. Come see me in Boise, Idaho. Never been to Idaho, so that'll be cool. 
Got a lot of dates added coming up. Eliza.com slash tour. Pick up my book, All Things Aside. If you like the way I sound, you can buy my voice. Eliza.com slash book. Yeah, it's in there. And remember, my dog has a biscuit nose. 